you know, Leon. Uh, oh, never mind. I don't yeah. think we have time. <laughs> right. Oh, are we live? Or are we going to have an intro? Oh, there it goes. Yeah, I think that I have it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gail Morgan welcoming you to the Libertarian Counterpoints Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. You've heard their point. Now listen to the counterpoint. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Today is June 16, 2021. We are five months into the Biden administration. Lots of crazy stuff is ongoing. Many states are lifting their COVID restrictions. We are getting back some of our liberties, not enough in my view. Let me introduce our panelists today. We have Tim in our upper left-hand corner. Tim Everett, our screaming eagle of freedom. He's a pilot in the state of California, not with the state of California. In our upper right-hand corner, we have Jason McPhee, our champion of choice. He's an engineer with the state of California. I am Leon Brathwaite, your host. Um, the last word in liberty. That's what Jason called me all the time. <laughs> the I word. don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but you will, you will notice we are doing things a little bit different today than I'm hosting as opposed to Jason. <laughs> well, I wouldn't make my old corny joke I made previously, but um, we are rotating. We are rot rotating responsibilities and we are trying our best to, um, to share the responsibility of hosting the show. Next month, we are gonna have uh, uh, some scheduling issues that will require me to take over some responsibility of hosting the show. I'm sure at some point in time, Tim will also be hosting. Anyway, let's get right into our topics. Our first topic actually has to do with a woman by the name of Yomi Park. She's from North Korea. Naomi left North Korea, came out from North Korea, got into China, then eventually ended up in South Korea and then into the United States. What she experienced in the United States left us stunned and quite disturbed. Some of the words that she was she she were using, like North Korea was never this not. They, that may not be an exact quote, but it's, it's close. She used words like insane, like groupthink. And this was her experience on the campus of an elite American university. I am sure by now you guys have seen the story. What do you guys think of Yonomi? Park and her story of her experience in here in the United States. Uh, yeah, if I can go first, <clears throat> very, com very, very compelling. And uh, she ended up in South Korea by walking across at least portions of the Gobi Desert. So right. uh, at the age of 13. So she didn't. Uh, so uh, Leon, you know, succinctly uh, shortened the story, up, but I'll just elaborate a little bit. 13-year-old girl going across the desert just to get freedom. This was after being sold into slavery and being uh, freed um, uh, 
from that as well with her mother. Um, so, <clears throat> so uh, you know, I, I, with a resume like that, this young gal has a, um, or this young birthing person, I should say. Um, Be politically uh, correct and be careful. Yeah, about. exactly. Has she identified herself as a birthing person? You got to check. I seriously doubt it. I think she's probably smarter than that. It sounds like it. And uh, yeah, especially making her way into that university. That and might have she, something to do with why she thinks this is so nuts, by the exactly. way. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, so, <laughs> I mean, if I was a parent right now of a, of a college age child and faced, you know, if I had, you know, unlimited resources and they had uh, a whole uh, slew of uh, universities to attend, uh, and they could pick whichever one they want. Holy Toledo, would I have a lot to say to that kid about where to go and where not to go. And um, apparently these, uh, yeah, so so this this young lady is, um, is seeing the types of repressive thought that she saw at and in um, North Korea only worse in her view. Yes. Than there because it's just it's insanity, which yes. it is. It's complete utter insanity, and um, so uh, you know it's like I always say: progressivism is really regressive. It's just going back to tyranny. It's going back to despotism, <laughs> and um, you know, we're seeing it, you know, here and now every day that we. Well, you look in the mainstream news, or if you look at what's going on at these um, universities today. What do you think, Jason? Well, well let me uh, share with you a little bit of an anecdote, too, that I had had from seeing something on North Korea in the past. But I also wanted to just kind of zoom in on what I think her experience is, too, on why she thinks this is so crazy. I mean, she's coming out of uh, a centrally planned can, uh, a country where they literally just try to control your thoughts. And then she comes to a top university here and winds up having them essentially trying to uh, employ a lot of the tactics of trying to control your thoughts, yes. you know, with critical race theory and some of this woke language of the left, you know, trying to tell you uh, the words you can use to address people and, you know, that uh, this kind of thing. Um, and so I think that's it kind of what, in fact, let, let me give you a quote from her article to, uh, from the article that she was interviewed in. Um, she said, I, I expected that I was paying uh, this fortune all this time and energy to learn how to think, uh, but they're forcing you to think the way they want you to think. I realized, wow, this is insane. I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities uh, to what I saw in North Korea that I started worrying. So it's the people here are just dying to give up, uh, to give their rights and power to the government. That's what scares me the most. And and th th there's um, there was a... Uh, a National Geographic um, uh, documentary that came out about, uh, oh gosh, must be 15, 20 years ago, back when uh, Kim Il-jung was uh, the dictator. And it was, uh, there was a, a journalist uh, who went there along with a doctor as part of this group. And he was uh, checking, uh, he was going there to do humanitarian surgery to repair people's vision because this basic surgery that it, it, 
uh, you know, essentially existed everywhere else didn't exist there because they're so far underwater that they couldn't, you know, they, they couldn't even do basic stuff with their free government health care. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they yes. give you there. So uh, but so uh, she wound up this journalist. Um, uh, yeah, she wound up. Uh, I think her name was Ling. Um, she wound up going to uh, look at a model family and interview them. And the most telling part of the story is that they were interviewing this model family. All the pictures on the walls, everything, not pictures of family. They're all pictures of the deer leader everywhere, you know, and that's a, and, and they're pictures of the deer leader on a horse, pictures of the deer leader, you know, you know, looking up to the sky, just all kinds of ridiculous poses of, of, yes. of St. Kim, you know, <laughs> the guy's name was. but, but the, 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 she had the presence of mind. This was the most telling part of it. She said to the family, which one of these pictures do you like most? And they, they suddenly, they kind of were a little bit alarmed and they looked at each other and then they said, we like them all equally. <laughs> and I mean, that's a telling thing about the thought police in one of these places, because if you say that you like one thing over another, then suddenly, oh, you know, you're yes. putting yourself and your family at risk. You know, yes. why didn't you like that one? You know, <laughs> so this is the, you know, the danger of the these places. And this is you know, kind of where the left leads us with some of this stuff. But anyways, I, I spoke too long. You No, no, no. I was done. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying I was done. <clears throat> oh, no, but you know, um, she even said she even used the words what she experienced at this university was really a regression of civilization. She used those words, you know, and um, this is somebody from North Korea, somebody who have seen regression, um, uh, oppression of the worst kind. She even spoke about the fact that many people walking around campus, you know, with their, with their, with their um, Nike shoes and their Gucci clothes and their iPhones and everything, talking about how oppressed they are. And they don't know what oppression really is. And she have actually experienced this. I find this so disturbing you would not believe. I that, doubt they would have been able to make it across the Gobi. Those yes, exactly. Yes, good point. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I will tell you this, that it, it's, it's not your physical shape. It's your mental conditioning that gets you across the Gobi, that gets you past slavery as a sex slave or whatever, or any kind of slave. It's, it's mental toughness. It's, it's, yeah. it's not physical. It's what's inside your head. And, um, you know, the, these kids today, which, you know, brings up, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, this the idea of if, if we want limited government, um, is we've got, uh, boy, do we have a lot of, of things to fight against to, mm -hmm. uh, to even, to even make the, the point and, and these, these people, I, I, eh, I don't want to talk about other stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, I've said it before. Uh, but anyway, um, very compelling story from this mm -hmm. young lady and she is a true American. I don't care where she comes from. Exactly. She's got the pioneer spirit. She's tough. And she's got the mental tenacity to make it in life. And and hers is the kind of person that I want in this society, that I want sure. to share, um, you know, the, the fruits of our good labor with. And, uh, you know, and she's a true American not these idiots on the campus that walk around 
with their Gucci shoes on. <laughs> and know, talk about and talk about how oppressed they are. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, I'm so oppressed. Yeah. Well, you know, I I feel you know like I I kind of feel bad for her too in the sense that she came here following this beacon of liberty yeah. and the, the idea that she gets here and realizes that you know that the, the beacon's a little the, dim. Yeah, they, exactly. Yes. Yeah, the beacon's yes. getting a little dim. Yes. You know, but by the way, too, for any of our listeners who, because I, I feel like we still haven't illustrated how awful it is in, in North Korea. I just feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. But uh, just to sum it up real quick, Christopher, like great Christopher Hitchens once uh, uh, spoke of North Korea and he said, you know, some some country, I, I believe it was Christopher Hitchens who said this, but uh, he said, you know, some countries, you know, or, uh, you know, or, or rather, the, the George Orwell's book, 1984, was supposed to be a warning, whereas you know, to North Korea, it's a it's a playbook. <laughs> it's a playbook. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think I think it was Christopher Hitchens. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed, indeed, it's yeah. un unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, let's. Um, I think we 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 have touched on this quite a lot. Um, did you guys have anything to add before we run to the next topic? No, let's roll. Okay. The next topic is something that we have touched on before, but I think we did not give it justice because I think there's quite a bit to be said um, um, about this issue. Anyway, Ayanna Presley, who is a congresswoman from, I believe, Massachusetts, made the following statement. Poverty is not naturally occurring. It's a policy choice. That have brought about quite a lot of debate. I, I attached some of the, the debate about that, about uh, uh, in preparation for this, right? I attached it to the articles I sent out. And most people disagree. Most people disagree. Because everyone seemed to believe, most people seem to believe that poverty actually is naturally occurring. So what do you guys think? Is this woman out of her mind or does she is she onto something? Well, I agree with her. Uh, poverty is naturally occurring. Let's change. The no, she word. said it's not. It is not. No, she said it's yeah, she not. Said it's a policy choice. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a policy choice. Well, so you disagree with her. <laughs> yes, it is a policy. I disagree choice. with your disagreement. Yeah, disagree, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> or your agreement. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay then. Uh, let's just change the name from poverty to scarcity. Okay, so I would say that scarcity is the natural condition of mankind. Okay, we we are, um, you know, we came into the world as Neanderthals and we didn't have a whole lot. Okay, so scarcity is the natural occurring condition of mankind unless uh, someone either before us or we ourselves um, utilize, uh, do actions to change the scarcity into something less scarce. So I would say that poverty is naturally occurring. And yet at the same time, I would also say that is that poverty is also a policy choice. So if your policy is to make the government as big as, as possible and to crush everyone's freedom, to uh, hold on to what is theirs that they, that they legally and um, morally worked for themselves, if you take that from them, that is a policy choice, you moron. And that is what leads to poverty. When you suck every single living dime out of every single living citizen, I guess dimes don't live, but you get my point. Then you, your policy is going to, in, or is going to 
um, keep uh, scarcity uh, alive and is not going to allow people to get rid of scarcity by producing more and more and more because you're taking it away from you, them. Okay, so so I know what she's thinking. Oh, but we're just going to take it away from those that have and give it to those that don't. You know, that's how you destroy economies. And you need to, you know, maybe pick up an economics book. Jason. Well, yeah, I think to the most part, I agree with Tim on this and not agree about the disagree about the agree, but <laughs> just agree with what he just said. <laughs> uh, but for, for the most part, I, I think it's it's like Tim was saying, we, we start with scarcity. So that's the natural state. Um, and, and scarcity is always ever present. It's just that we make choices mm-hmm. that help to relieve some of that scarcity. But I think the natural response of people to scarcity is to uh, work into, you know, work themselves to alleviate that scarcity, you know, absent anything else and, and to exchange with others. And we call that, you know, sort of a free market is what we're doing. And that's what really helps to, to miraculously address scarcity. And I, I think the policy decisions of people like uh, Iana, Ilana Presley uh, to come in and think that she knows more and can, you know, from the top direct everybody to utopia is is what actually the the policy decision that leads us right back into that scarcity again because uh, essentially i mean that's what i think most people miss about free markets versus central planning is that free markets take bottom-up information from every person who's a participant all their choices they get filtered through prices and everybody is seeing those prices and making decisions independently but in, in her world, the, the centrally planned world, it's smart people at the top making these decisions can make them much better than that. Well, the problem is, and anybody should be able to see this, is that you have a bottleneck. You have a few people trying to understand the wants and needs of all these different people, which I can't even imagine how I could identify Leon's wants and Tim's wants and and every you know even Ilana Presley's wants other than that she wants to control us. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I, I can't even imagine all of the individual values and wants she has, but those all get reflected in price signals from the bottom yeah. up. But when you try to decide it from the top down, you know, uh, f- forget all of these, you know, preferences. Everybody gets one flavor of ice cream instead of 31 flavors. You get one color of hat instead of a rainbow color of hats. You know, you get all these different choices because the central planner has limited bandwidth to decide what to do and what choices to make. And so it's like a supercomputer that the free market is with all that information compared to somebody with maybe an abacus or sticks in the sand trying to figure it out from the top. And I, I think that, that 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 truly is the analogy of, of what's going on there. Uh, and, and there's just no hope that the central planner can ever do as well as free market in getting people uh, the, the the allocation of resources to best uh, you know match their uh, the, the the wants to balance the wants of everybody relative to the, their actual values and, and and what they're willing to give up for those things too. So, Excellent I, synopsis, and then. <laughs> You end up with a family that can't decide which picture of the fearless leader they like the best. <laughs> I like them all equally. <laughs> I like them all equally. Yes. But let me, I want to touch on uh, both of you guys raised this issue of scarcity, which I, I do believe scarcity is is um, the natural condition of, of, uh, of humankind, of, of our existence on, on planet Earth. But does scarcity mean poverty? 
Um, I think so. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the more widgets that are made, the, the cheaper they are. And, uh, and the widgets have to be made by human action and uh, human interaction as well. So, um, and by that, I mean, uh, somebody's got to ship them, somebody's got to make the boxes that they go in, somebody's got to, you know, unbox them at the store or at the, um, the person's uh, home and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, uh, you have to have human action. Otherwise, you're going to continue to have scarcity. Somebody's got to make the stuff. You know, somebody's got to make the cars and the washing machines and the refrigerators and the carpet and the light, uh, the lamp and the, uh, you know, the, the thermos and so on. Someone has to make them. And the more people that making them and the more that are made, the cheaper they are and the higher our um, standard of living goes. So you could call poverty as a low standard of living. So if you want a high standard of living, you have to have a lot of people make a lot of stuff. Well, in in well, yes, yes, and no. Okay. Well, let, let, let's take that one one step further. One, just one, just one, not two, just one. <laughs> we have scarcity now, right now, as we speak, yes. right now. Yes, we, have we do. Okay. Yeah. But nobody have, will say. I don't, I don't have a Ferrari. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I I don't eat at him. I don't eat at No Mercedes. Maybe Ilana can one. get us all Ferraris if we <laughs> tell her that that's what <laughs> yeah. we want. Yes, I guess Ayanna Presti could give us could give us all. Um, it's a policy choice. She could give us all. Uh, yeah, Ferrari. yeah. My, my garage has a scarcity of Ferraris in it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I have. Yes, yeah, so does mine. <laughs> but we have. But the point I'm trying to make though, we have scarcity now. Yes, and no one will say that. Well, I live in Grover Beach, and Jason live in in a. Sacramento and you in San Diego, Tim. Mm -hmm. Nobody will say that scarcity that exists right now is causing poverty, would we? Just well, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, well, no, I, no, I think ahead. the, the issue ahead. is it's, it's an issue of relative scarcity, right? I mean, uh, you know, like a person living in a cave had much more scarcity of the things they needed to survive than we have. Um, I, you know, I, th I think the issue is relative scarcity, but yeah, certainly scarcity. That's just. A condition of of man there's always going to be scarcity and and uh so we're always looking for substitutes and and ways to to address that scarcity but in the end it's it's always about trade-offs so you're never going to get uh you know i i think that's one of the problems with these guys pushing ubi is that you know they imagine somehow we're going to get a post-scarcity world but but right. even as you become more and more efficient at, at using certain resources um there's always going to be more things that people want you know different things and are we going to call somebody poor because they you know 200 years ago because they didn't have an iphone i you know i it's mm -hmm. uh I, I wouldn't necessarily call that poor but uh you know because they didn't have an iphone then but um so i i don't know i mean it, it seems like it's it's always going to to be a relative thing i guess you know the mm -hmm. scarcity I guess we we'll have to we we'll have to get a better definition of, uh, of of poverty and scarcity so that we could really definitively decide what whether this is naturally occurring or not. I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced that poverty is our natural state, but I think you guys raised some very interesting points. But now we had knocklehead noise patrol and Jason, could you give us our song, please? Okay, let's see here. All right, all right. So um.
we don't have a knucklehead per se, but we have a statement made to knuckleheads this week. Ah. And it comes in the form of Bill Ma. Bill is the is the um is the host of Real Time on HBO. And he made a very interesting statement, I think, to the knuckleheads in our society. I'm talking about the real knuckleheads, not us. Okay, I'm talking about the real knuckleheads. <laughs> and this you mean, was, you mean the people who are his audience usually. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is Bill statement to to, the, to those woke idiots. Okay, he said, if you think America is more racist now than ever, more sexist than before. Women before women can vote, and more homophobic than when uh, that certain sex act—I wouldn't say it on on here—but that certain ex sex act were were a felony. You have progressophobia. That's a nice word. I think we should use that sometimes. Progressophobia, and you should adjust your mask because it's covering your eyes. What do you guys <laughs> think about Bill Maher's statement? Okay, I'm going to start so Jason can finish up. Uh, you know, you could have utilized the word fellatio, which yeah, is, uh, true. you know, uh, <laughs> but we, but that's okay. That's okay. I, but I was wondering how you were going to lead into this uh, with Bill, because Bill has been hitting a, a number of issues out of the park lately. It's like, where yes. <laughs> now somebody's really is woke uh, here. And that is Bill Maher. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, the guy, you know, I, I, I could disagree with him about most things or few things or anything or some things. Uh, but I, uh, I, I don't um, dispute the guy's uh, bright uh, thinking type person. OK. Yes. And, and I do think he's funny as well. So um, and maybe the two go hand in hand. But anyway, yes. Uh, listen to Bill, you progressives that are really regressive because Bill just hit that out of the park. Jace, what do you think? Well, usually it's, it's funny, you know, he talks about the, uh, the mass covering people's eyes, but you know, I can't help but think of all the times Bill Maher has been one of those people putting the masks over people's <laughs> yeah. eyes. <laughs> yes. I mean, right now he seems to yeah, be we getting can... a few of these ideas, like you're saying out of the park yeah. recently, he, he did one right. on colleges and uh you know sort of the college scam you know uh, uh recently yes uh, oh, as that's well. another one that's another yeah. one hit uh, yeah. so, so he's been you know it's funny bill maher is an odd bird because he he calls himself a a, a libertarian and yes. he's he's clearly <laughs> not a libertarian but there's some areas where he is very much on point on liberty like freedom of speech mm -hmm. generally he's he's yeah. pretty good on that he doesn't like uh he, he's he's very um his radar is very much up for people who are trying to restrict speech. So I, I definitely commend him for that. But he is also, uh, uh, you know, very much okay with uh, the people taking away other people's economic liter uh, liberty. You know, the idea oh, of making oh. choices for other people and uh, spending other people's money, all that kind of stuff. He is. He is a central player. There's no yes. doubt about it. Yes. Yes. So, so he's he's kind of on track on some things, but not on others. So, uh, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, let, let me give it back to the host here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think you know. I mean, you know, you are right. You know that Bill Bill has been a, quite a quite an odd bird, quite quite frankly, because we have even mocked him on the show, quite frankly, a couple of times yeah. because he has said some idiotic things 
that only central planning thinkers would think. Anyway, I think we have reached the end of our show, and it's been wonderful, I think. So what do I say? Yeah. Stay free. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is what will keep us free and prosperous. Thank you, and have a very nice day. All right, guys. Yeah, we're still live, Gail. <laughs>